0: Welcome to Experiencing Christ with Pastor Dennis Matovo. Freedom Experience is a teaching ministry of the Word that is driven by the purpose that believers may subjectively realize the full knowledge of the truth according to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. Experiencing God in the Incarnated Word, which is Christ to be life and light to man with grace and reality for man's enjoyment. And now, open wide your spirit receive this great teaching which is going to empower you to begin experiencing christ as your life this is pastor dennis matovo worth hearing Where the Experience, experiencing Christ.
1: He's a wonderful Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We glorify your name, Lord. We say thank you for your love, for your grace, for your mercy. Thank you for another opportunity that you have availed us to come unto another day. We bless your name. This is Pastor Dennis, Pastor Dennis Matov, other from Kampala, Uganda ministry called Freedom Experience, Freedom Experience Ministry, and we are here to bring you the word of life. Remember, remember very well that uh, God has given us a calling, God has given us a ministry to bring to the nations, and this is the teaching ministry. Even today, uh, we bring you uh, our program called Experiencing Christ Daily, and this is day three. This is day three day three of our day and we believe that god is, is going to use us on this platform my request is that you begin to call and invite your friends to come and be part of this as we are nourishing the body of christ as we are nourishing the body of christ through the word of god we bless you holy spirit for this wonderful morning and this wonderful opportunity that you have availed us even today lord we glorify your name Yes, we want to continue from where we started from. This is our day three, experiencing Christ daily. We have come with that message. And today we have come to speak about something that is taking us again deeper in the word of life. Remember, remember we are talking about Christ. We are ministering Christ. We want to give you Christ in his entirety, in his reality. And uh, yesterday we spoke about some deep things. And even today we are going to continue. We have at least one hour with you. And if you missed the last two days, please just go back to the previous uh, li- recordings. Then you find us. you find us. you catch up with us to see where we came from and where we are going. It's going to be a long series of teaching by the grace of God. I'm praying that God avails me time to speak time to minister, uh, and I've I, by the grace of God, I chose the morning time, and I believe that the full day, as the day goes by, people will come up, will come and again replay this live recording. So uh, we are talking about Christ, and how we can experience Christ in a daily basis, and how you can take Christ in your day-to-day life, how you can enjoy Jesus Christ as your everything every day. In Jesus' mighty name, and our burden is to see that people they begin to look unto Christ, Christ Jesus, as their everything. They begin to see Christ as they are, they are, they are everything, because the Bible says that Christ has become all things for us. The Bible says that in him we live, we move, and have our being. And because it is in him, the Bible says be grounded in him, be found in him, be rooted in him, be built up in him. In other words, several things that they tell us to do if we are to live in this Christ. The one that saved your life is the one that is your land whereby you are supposed to live, you understand. You are supposed to walk in. Just as the children of Israel, they they came from Egypt and they as they traveled the desert uh, they they were going somewhere and God had to prepare them to see that by the time they reach the promised land, they stop eating from the the, the food uh, of Egypt and from the manna that came from heaven and they enter into the promised land whereby they begin to eat the produce of that very land meaning that when the israelites entered the the, the the land of of canaan the promised land the bible says in joshua chapter 5 that and manna ceased the manna from heaven ceased because they began to eat from the produce of the land meaning that Everything they wanted, as, uh, starting from food, water, everything, like, uh, uh, and other mineral resources they had to use, and everything they, they needed in life, it was in that very land. What does it mean? It means that uh, even as the born again once we enter into Christ as our land, because the Bible says so, Christ is our land. Uh, there are several scriptures that prove that is our land of the new creation, is the the is the new man, the new Adam, is the earth where the the, the the church is birthed, is created, you understand? That's why the Bible says that we should live in him, move in him, have our being in him, be rooted in him, be grounded in him. Those those scriptures that say walk in him because it's our land. So when they entered the promised land, the Bible says that they began to eat from the very produce of the land, meaning that whatever they needed uh, for life and for their supply was in that very land. And that is a type of Christ. Even the new creation, which is the church, which is the body of Christ, when we enter into Christ, we are supposed to depend on him alone. So I've come to show you this Christ who is our land who is everything to us because you have got to know you have got to have this vision of taking Christ as you. you, do you see him as your land you understand and today I want to take you into the uh, several clusters of the Bible in the book of in the New uh, uh, Testament there are some four books I want to look into to show you some clusters but many? our major book is the book of Colossians we are seeing this Christ how we can take him as our day to day life Praise the Lord. So now, as we are going deep in this uh, teaching of experiencing Christ daily, I want us to realize Christ even at the place of work, even where you go, even at your home, in your marriage, in your planning and everything. You begin to take Christ as your everything. Begin to put Christ in your front. Over everything, and the grace is going to manifest in a special way in your life in Jesus' mighty name. So we are going to see some of the things uh that uh you know that very well that um, the heart is in a physical person. Every physical person has got a heart, a heart that sees God, a heart that understands, a heart that carries life in that human body. So we believe that every physical body has got a heart. So likewise, the Bible, the Bible has got the heart also. There are some Bible the scriptures, rather books in the Bible that are the very heart of the Bible. So the heart of the Bible is not Genesis. The heart of the Bible is not even Revelation. The heart of the Bible, when you look into the scriptures is not even the the Gospels. You discover that there are some four books that appear to be uh, little in pages and like in chapters, but they carry the depth of the entire Bible. And these books, I, I will try to get some of the glimpse so that you begin to see the Christ that we want to take as our supply, as our portion daily. In Jesus mighty name remember the Bible says in Psalm 16 that the Lord is the portion of my inheritance we are to take Jesus Christ as our portion as your inheritance the Bible calls him as, as is our inheritance in Colossians so the book of Galatian, the book of Ephesian the book of uh, the book of Philippians and the book of Colossians these are the books that I want you to look unto We shall be getting some glimpse from them and and, uh, we see uh, that we are uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit, inspired by the Holy Spirit to see what Christ means, what Christ wants us to see. So as we look into these books, like the book of Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians, these are the, the, the cluster books whereby you find the heart of the Bible, the major emphasis of what Bible readers should look unto. Paul wrote these deep secrets because he had seen them and he revealed them to the church. He had seen a mystery, he had seen a vision that no any other writer had seen to that utmost. So we see that in these books, we have, as we have seen, we, we know that the church is composed of human beings. That one we have been talking about it. And we know that these and these human beings. They live in a society. That one we talked about it in the first, uh, previous teachings. And, and us, as a unit, which is the church, which is an entity, it is difficult for the church to stay away from the influence of culture. You see that culture has invaded the church. Now, for this reason, we are seeing in these books concerning Christ and the church, we are seeing two things that are important and that what Christ wants us to be taking as the priority. When we are reading the Bible, You are supposed to be tracing Christ and the church. And these two things you'll find in the book of Galatians and Colossians. And when you come to the book of Galatians, you discover that it shows the damages that are caused by the law and the Jewish religion and other substitutes for Christ. When you go to the book of Galatians and Colossians, you'll find the the, the believers in those days they had substituted Christ with several things, including the law of the Old Testament, including the Jewish uh, religion, uh, including other other uh, other beliefs and uh, um, a denomination. So many things had represented replaced Christ. But when we look into the Book of Galatians, we see that Christ is versus religion, uh, uh, with its law. You see, in the days of the Book of Galatians, Paul was fighting the people that were. Um, believing in the law and that we are religious and he was telling them you are supposed to get rid of those things and turn to Christ as your everything. So we see that according to the book of Galatians uh, there was a lot of religion and the the law and this was uh, uh, from the Bible. It's God's word. People were believing the law in the Old Testament from the Bible but it had blinded them in that they could not see They needed that veil to come off their eyes so that they come to see the reality. Because the law and whatever was in the law was a shadow that was reflecting unto the reality which was to come, who is Jesus Christ. And we see that uh, these religions and the law had become a replacement for Christ. So in the book of Galatians, you discover that there is a strong emphasis upon the dangers of the law replacing Christ. In other words, in, uh, Paul had to fight these people to show them that you are supposed to look unto Christ and go away of the law. Uh, so they had to, re- to replace Christ um, uh, in front of the law. So when we come to a Galatians chapter 1, you discover that Paul was testifying that he was once a leading re- religionist. When you come to Galatians chapter 1, he says, uh, I'll read for you there in Galatians chapter 1, uh, chapter 1. Let me give you the verse. Uh, Paul was one of the religions. He was strong in religion. Verse 14. He says, in Galatians chapter 1, verse 14, he says that... Um, And profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. So he had studied the law, he had studied all other teachings, he had maintained the tradition of the fathers. He says, I was zealous. And verse 15 says that, But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, to do what? In verse 16 says, Why God calls him, why God separates him from the mother's womb, he says in verse 16, To reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen. Immediately he says, I conferred not with flesh and blood. In other words, when he, when Paul received a call from God, when he received a call in Acts chapter 9, he saw a vision and the one who was pursuing the law, the one who was pursuing traditions, the one who was zealous to fulfill the law and other the, the Jewish culture. He said, and from that day, it pleased God who separated him from my mother's womb. Like the way you are born again, that the way you, you believed in Jesus Christ, you were separated. And for that cause, you were called and now you are born again, you a believer in Jesus Christ. He says, even me, I was separated from mother, my mother's womb. You understand? And I was called by his grace. You see, by grace we are saved. Verse 16 says that he was called to reveal the Son of God of God who is Jesus Christ in him. In other words, our living and our existence in ministry, in everything that we do in church, we are supposed to reveal Jesus Christ. We are supposed to only reveal one person, Jesus Christ. If he has given us gifts and signs and wonders and every other eloquence and teachings, all these things are supposed to reveal the Christ who is in us. What do what does that mean? It means that the day you believed in Christ, you received a Christ in you and that Christ in you is supposed to be manifested and to. The, the the people that are around you is supposed to shine as the light to the to the world. In other words, we are living to reflect the Christ we have received. As Jesus Christ is the image of God, then the church is the image of Christ. Then you, as an individual, you are the image of that Christ. You are supposed to reflect the Christ that is in you. So Paul says in Galatians 1:16 that to reveal his son in me. That I might preach him among the heathen. He said, "When I discovered that calling, and as I discovered he has called me to reveal Jesus to the nation, I didn't go to to men so that I get a teaching from men, so that I get a, a belief, so that I get a permission." He said, "I had grasped the vision, and I took the vision." to the nations. So when you look at such things, uh, I tell you, you have got to prove that there is only one reason as why we exist as a church. We exist to express Jesus Christ. We we exist to show forth the Christ you have received. How much Christ you have received is what the world is waiting for. So when we come back to our teachings, we see that uh, Paul says, I was called to reveal the Christ that is in me. Each one of you have a Christ. That that, that the world is waiting for. Some people have discovered their Christ and they are displaying their Christ to nations. They are using their every gift and their every talent and their every prosperity and money. They are using it to see that Christ can shine to the nations. The world is waiting for our Christ, and you, as an individual, a believer, you know that there is a Christ in you. Go for that Christ, dig out that Christ, bring out that Christ. Be like Paul. He says, I turned to this revelation. And I went to I began to take Christ. So when you come into the Bible, you see that the one who was a religionist, Paul, he says he was dead. He became dead to the law. He became dead to the law. Nothing to do with the law any longer. He said that he had been crucified with Christ. When you come to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, you see that he says that he, um, uh, we are in Galatians 2.20. He says that um, Galatians 2.20, hmm. He says in Galatians 2.20 that I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live; yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So he began to live Christ. He began to, to 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 manifest Christ. He began to live for Christ. He began to see nothing else other than Jesus Christ. Now he comes and and continues to say that he desired the people in Galatians chapter four that Christ must must be formed in. Them. He said that I desire and I, as if I'm in birth pains, I labor again for you until I see Christ. Formed in you. In other words, Christ must be formed. The Christ you received when you accepted Christ, that Christ is supposed to be revealed. But before He reveals out of you, that Christ must be formed and permeated and filled your saturate your entire being, your spirit first of all in your spirit, then in your soul, life, changing your mind, your heart, and your will and your emotions. Then it comes. Uh, it comes out unto your body and fills that body with a newness of nature and a newness of life. So you see that this Christ must permeate us, must be saturated in us, must be formed in you in every part. Christ must be formed in your eyes. He must be formed in your ears. He must be formed in your mouth. In other words, he must be formed in every part that you have. He must replace, replace, replace everything that you, are before you, you were before you got saved. Christ is busy trying to permeate and fill your life. So you have got to accept him. You have got to allow him to change you. You have got to allow him to become everything for you in the name of Jesus. So we see that Paul comes to chapter 6 of Galatians and he says he suffered persecution simply because he did not teach circumcision. He did not teach any other doctrine. He began to suffer persecution. There are some ministers you will see they, they will suffer hardship and persecution because they are teaching Christ. You understand? He says that I suffered persecution simply because I did not teach circumcision. He says. Then he went. He went. He goes on to say that he began to become to the dead to the world, the religious world. He began to become dead to the traditions of men, and he was alive towards Christ. Now, we see that uh, between Paul and the religion, Paul had put the cross between because the cross was the way, and Paul began to be concerned of only one thing: who is Jesus Christ. So, to Paul, we have seen that. He had discovered a vision and he said, I want to be a man in Christ. And my desire is to see that every believer of Christ become a man in Christ, become a person in Christ, become a person who teaches, preaches and ministers nothing else other than christ even when at your place of work even when you're at your place of where you go for school your marriage your everyday life you are to you are supposed to be a person of christ a man in christ you are are supposed to bear the marks of jesus christ's death in your life you see, Paul says that hence hence not hence 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 now let no man trouble me. He says that I bear in in my body the marks of Jesus Christ. In other words, he had suffered, he had the scars, but he was suffering for Christ to preach Christ, to manifest Christ. And he says that no longer I live for the, the religion, now I live absolutely for Christ, and I live in Christ. So we see that the book of Galatians as uh, the one who is versus religion and the law and circumcision. What about in the book of Colossians? In the book of Colossians, you discover that Christ is unveiling himself as uh, the one who is versus human philosophies, traditions and self-denial there is what we call ascetism ascetism is the way people could deny themselves from the things of the world just like the monks uh, these Shaolin monks they deny, they separate themselves they, they want to live alone, they don't want to associate with anything outside so and those things were so in those days were so. It, it was so powerful whereby people they practice ascetism whereby they deny themselves from the the life, the natural life, and everything that comes with it. So, we have seen that in the book of Colossians, uh, it reveals that Christ is, uh, is revealed in us. You see? it's supposed to be revealed in us. Like in Galatians, he says he is revealed in us. Is also living in us. Christ is also being formed in us. And uh, when we come to the book of Colossians, we see that there are some deeper, deeper revelation of Jesus Christ, whereby you see Jesus Christ as your portion the portion of the saints which means that god cannot give you anything rich other than his son jesus christ sometimes we say that oh lord i claim all spiritual blessings i want to tap into those blessings because you think that blessings are the things that are separate from christ but when you talk about spiritual blessings in christ in heavenly places in christ still those blessings are found in christ so that means if you go for christ you can Uh, freely achieve these spiritual blessings and use them in your day-to-day life until they become physical blessings for you to enjoy in the name of jesus now we see that christ is our portion portion of the saints he is the image of the invisible god the bible says he is the image of the invisible god if you have never seen god if you see christ that is enough Sometime back in the book of John, the disciples asked Jesus, show us the Father, and that will suffice us. They said, show us the Father, it will be enough for us. And Jesus tells them, Philip, even up to now you don't know, have you not seen me? Have you not seen me? I've been with you. And you ask, who is your Father? Meaning that Jesus Christ is the invisible God. If you want to come to the Father, is the way. If you want to, to understand the Father, is the truth. If you want to, to, to live with the Father in eternal life, he is the life. So he's the firstborn of all creation. In other words, every creation, Jesus was the first to be born. is God, but he was the first to be born when it comes to creation and creation of everything. He is the first thing to be created. In other words, he's the first in everything. So when you look at the book of Colossians, you see that you can enjoy Christ daily. You see that you can take Christ as your everything. We see that one aspect of Christ is coming after another and it is unfolding in a deeper, deeper way in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. So my burden as uh, a minister of the word, under this calling of experiencing Christ, I want us to... Go deep to get these revelations of Jesus Christ, and to see the 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 the, the, the all inclusive Christ, the all inclusive Christ, who is a transcendent Christ in our understanding. We are supposed to take Him as everything. Our needs shall be met in a in a, in a proper way. The, our need is. To, only do one thing. We are supposed to be infused. We are supposed to be saturated. We are supposed to be permeated with Jesus Christ until we experience Christ in everything. Until Christ becomes everything to us. Until you begin to see Christ as your food. The Bible says, I am the bread of life. Whoever eats me shall not hunger anymore. That means that he wants us to take him as our daily food. When you are eating your physical food, think of the spiritual food is Christ yourself, uh, your, your Savior. Begin to experience Him even as you are on sitting under your the uh, you're sitting before the plate of food. You are, you are, you are to pray such a prayer, Father. I thank you because as I'm eating this physical food, you are my real food. Did you know that all things that we see with our physical eyes are all shadows, and the reality is in Christ. The Bible says that the reality is in Christ. All other things. It means they are shadows. The car is a shadow. The land is a shadow. The house is a shadow. Your your husband is a shadow. All these things they have got the reality. Who is Jesus Christ? You see, so you are supposed to see and experience Christ even in everything, including food. He says that I am the bread of life. If you eat me, and the disciples, the the the, 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 the um um these guys called the 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 the, the scribes and. Uh, um, the, the 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 other group which was called um, I'm forgetting the, the the other sect apart from the, the the scribe yes they came to Jesus Christ and they told him that our fathers they ate manna from the desert and God did for them miracles before Moses and Jesus Jesus tells them that they did not eat food from Moses. The food, the, the manna they ate came from above from my father. And I tell you today, I am the one who comes from my father. I am the bread of life that comes from heaven. Whoever eats me shall not die. He says that my food, my bread, my flesh is my bread and my, my blood is your drink. So Jesus is giving us himself as food. He says it's our drink. He says in John, John chapter 7, he says that, uh, be, Behold, whoever whoever is thirsty. He says that now come to me who are thirsty. I'll give you this fresh and living water and you shall never thirst anymore. And he says that I am the drink. If you come and drink on me as the living waters, you shall never thirst again. Remember in John chapter 4, this woman was uh, trying to argue with Christ. He says that I cannot give you my, my, my shadow water, yet Jesus had the real water. You understand? He says that, okay, if you knew the one who is asking water from you, you would have come to him and he requested the true water, the real water, because I am the water that you need. He says that whoever drinks of the water that I give shall never thirst anymore. So Christ is supposed to be our drink. Christ is supposed to be our feasts. You see, when you go back in the Bible, you discover that in the entire Old Testament, they were practicing several feasts. They could eat several feasts, feasts, several preparations of feasts and uh, name them. But the Bible says Jesus Christ came to become our feast whereby we eat is all the feasts that you see in the bible he is the feasts of all these feasts that we are seeing in the bible christ is those feasts in other words he came to become the reality of any other thing you have ever seen in the old testament he's our holy days you see, in the Old Testament, people are saying that we have some holidays and we we make this day greater than the other one. When it comes as our holy day, the Bible says that when he came in the synagogue on Sabbath, he healed a person who was with a withered hand. And the the, the, the Jews there, the, the Pharisees told him that uh, you are healing on the day of the Lord. And these were the Jews, their believers, but they are glorifying a day more than the one who makes the day, the owner of the day. So Jesus heals on that holy day. They think that they, it's their holy day. And they, they ask him that there are several other. They tell him that there are several other days that whereby you can, people should come for healing, people should come for miracles, people should come for for help, but not this holy day, which is a Sabbath. Then Jesus turns to them and tells them, don't you know that the owner of Sabbath has come? Don't you know that the owner of days has come? I'm those holy days. I'm your Sabbath. In other words, he was telling them, if I have come the reality, then then no more Sabbaths. No more holy days. You understand? So, he is our Sabbath. He is our new moon to keep every month. Are we together? He is everything. We must not allow anything to replace Christ or to be a substitute for Christ. We must not. We must not. Let nothing replace Christ, including your wife. Let nothing Replace Christ, including your money. Let nothing replace Christ, including your children. Let nothing replace Christ, including your gifts, including your talents, including your fame, including your beauty. Christ is supposed to be the center point of all things. Glory to God. So we have seen that in the book of Galatians, he reveals that Christ is versus religion and the law. And we now see in the book of Colossians, he reveals himself as the Christ who is versus everything because he himself is the reality of every positive thing. Jesus Christ is the reality of every positive thing. If you know everything positive, anything positive, including a car, including your your wife, including money, everything positive, Jesus Christ is the reality of that thing. When we talk about water is the reality of the water, is the water of life. You talk about bread and food is the bread. You talk about the trees is the vine. You talk about what? What can you talk about? He is the reality of every good thing. So you are to pursue Christ, you are to take Christ. You are to see Christ in everything that you do. He is that business is in that business, is in everything. When you look unto him, the Bible says that you will see the light, and this light shall become your light that shines unto you until you reach your desired destiny. So when we come to the book of Philippians, we see that Philippians uh, was concentrating to talk about Christ. And it says that uh, the emphasis in the Philippians, we, we, we quote Philippians 1.21. It talks about, I'll read for you, Philippians 1.21. And the Bible is teaching us Christ and uh, what he is for our enjoyment, for our daily enjoyment. Hallelujah. In Philippians chapter 1 verse 21 the Bible says that for all seek their own. Paul says people seek their own. Oh, that is two. (laughs) That is chapter 2. Let us see chapter 1. Philippians chapter 2 chapter 1 verses 21 it says that for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Paul says in Philippians, for to me as a believer to live, I live to manifest Christ. And when I die, it is gain because I have died and I'm going to meet the Christ I've been experiencing in on earth so he says for to me to live is christ now we see that to live was not human virtues to live is not human virtues to live is not prosperity to live is not um beauty to live is not any human virtue you know such as meekness humility and to uh, to any other thing to live is supposed to be christ when you live christ you see the pure humility you see the pure meekness you see the pure uh everything long as we try to live out christ so it is a task that we have christians should live how to live out christ you see so when we come in the book of ephesians we still i'm showing some few verses because i'll come later this is a long series teaching i'll come later and we see christ in these books but i'm showing you the clusters that make these four books important if we are to understand who Christ is and to leave him out in ministry and in Christianity. So when we come to the book of Ephesians, we see that Christ is talking about us, the church. He's showing us the vision of the church. And now we are supposed to live in the body of christ which is the church in other words we are supposed to know where well, the moment you get saved you're supposed to begin to seek out the vision of what the church is and the head of the church who is jesus christ and we see that the issue here in uh, ephesians is to teach us how to live a christ and to leave him in, in the church, in others, as we are leaving Christ, the church is produced. The church is built up practically and experientially. We begin to see the church manifesting. The church is not the building where we go, but when we go into a certain place, which is a building, and we gather together and we turn to the Spirit as all believers, we make the temple of the Holy Spirit. We make the temple of God. And there the church is, as long as there is a practical experience of Christ, as long as there is a practical enjoyment of the praises of the Holy Spirit, then the church is produced, the church is manifested. So we see that um, when you look into these books, you begin to see this vision and we see that the result of such a living, the result of such living out Christ is going to issue into the church the church which is the body of Christ. So in other words, for us to live is not religion, for us to live is not philosophy, for us to live is only one thing, Christ must be all and in all. In other words, any message that does not portray Christ is not a proper message. Any gift that does not glorify Christ is not a proper gift any utterance, any ministry, any church that will not portray Christ as everything, that will not point unto Christ and who He is so that people may take Christ. You see, when people were seeing the miracles of Jesus Christ, most of them came with the attitude of getting more miracles. And when it came, they came to, in John chapter 6, He said, I see you people, you are not seeking me because I gave you bread yesterday, you are seeking because of the miracles I did. People we have out of seekers in the church. People are seekers, but the Lord wants to turn seekers into consumers of Christ. Consume Christ. You begin to consume Christ, and, and after consuming Christ, then go and reveal Christ to the nations. Go and express Christ. Go and take Christ in Jesus' mighty name. So we see that uh, the Lord is giving us this vision in these wonderful teachings. And if we take this vision, our life will never be the same. So the first of these in Ephesians, we see that Ephesians chapter, uh, let us go back to Colossians, Colossians chapter 1. There is something in chapter 1 verse 4 and 5 to 6. I want to read it for you. The Bible says, Colossians chapter 1 verses 4. It says, since we heard of your faith. Now, this is another important as verse today i want us to share he says that since we heard of your faith in christ jesus and of the love which you have you have towards the saints so he's mentioning from verse 4 he says that since we heard of your faith in christ jesus and of the love which you have to all saints verse 5 for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven Wherefore, he uh, says, We had before the word of the truth of the gospel, verse 6, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringing forth fruit as it does also in you since the day you heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. So, look at these verses. We see some phrases as the hope which is being laid up for you in the heaven. In verse 5. We have seen another indication here as the word of the truth of the gospel, still in verse 5. Now, you see that in in, in Paul's message here, the word of truth of the gospel is not simply the word of the gospel. He would have said the word of the gospel. But he says the word of the truth of the gospel. In other words, the gospel has its truth, you see. And says that another thing we see in verse 6 is that People, he was telling the Colossians that you fully knew the grace of God in truth. In verse 6, you fully knew the grace of God in truth. Now, we understand very well that truth here, yeah, their meaning uh, is reality. Their meaning, truth as reality, not as sincerity, no, but reality. And when we take truth as reality, it is in truth. That is, uh, they had known the reality of that is in the truth. Now, according to, to Paul's understanding, he says that we must know the grace of God in its reality. You must know the grace of God in its reality. That is what we call to experience the truth. That is what we call to become part of what you, you know in reality, in your day to day life, in a practical way. Now, Let me talk about this hope being laid up for us in verses five. When you come to Colossians chapter one, verse five, you see that he talks about the hope that is, which is laid up for us in heaven. And, uh, verse four and five, we see three things that are mentioned that are important in Christianity that can help us to enjoy this Christ. And these three things are Christ himself. The Bible mentions hope, faith, and love when you read Colossians 1 4 and 5, and we know that these three things, even the apostle stressed, stressed them in First Corinthians 13. 13. Remember, he said in First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, that these three will remain. He mentioned faith, hope, and love. So, here he continues to mention the hope, the faith, and the love. So, we see that the emphasis of these things, uh, he says that, uh, in the first in the Corinthians, we have seen that. The emphasis was on love because 1 Corinthians is a chapter about love, the character of love, the pure love, what agape love is. But when you come to this book of Colossians, you see that the emphasis is about the hope, the hope of our salvation, the, the hope of the, of the Christ which is in us and the hope of the, who is the hope of glory. Remember in verse 27, Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, the Bible says, To whom God would make known that what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. In other words, in Colossians, Paul was emphasizing to the church, even to us today, that Jesus Christ is the only hope of glory. The Christ in us. He says that there is a Christ in you who is a revelation, uh that is, is a revelation of Christ who is everything to us. So we see that uh, some people think that the hope they are talking about is is being laid up for us in the heavens and this refers to the blessings uh, or some kind of glorious enjoyment when we talk about the hope here they are mentioning the hope as jesus christ I'll tell you, most of the people, even me, when I was still growing in salvation, I was still young in Christ, in in the knowledge of things, of the truth. In John 14, remember, they tell us that, um, let me read for you a verse in John 14. And I tell you what people have been always preaching and thinking. When you come to John 14, you discover that Jesus says to the disciples that were afraid, he tells them, He tells them that let not your heart be troubled. John 14 verse 1 says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Now, because of those verses, the two verses or the one verse, People have been preaching, people have been knowing that, oh, let me prepare myself because I want to do good things on earth because I want the Father to prepare a mansion for me. There is a mansion for me in heaven. There is a mansion for me. I want to tell you, Jesus never mentioned that. He never said that there is a mansion in heaven. He never said that he's going to prepare for us a mansion. <laughs> you look at this. When Jesus says that in my Father's house are many mansions, you have got to ask yourself, a question: What is the Father's house? You know very well that the Bible speaks an uh, open eh, that the heaven is not his house, is not his home. He says in Isaiah sixty-six that heaven is my seat where I sit, but my feet are on earth. That means that the the mm-hmm. house to be built for for God is bigger than even heaven. Because he sits in heaven and the, the feet are on earth. So he says, which house can you build for me? But he, he was looking for a house and until Jesus came on earth and became that very house that is enlarging into all the, the born again body of Christ, the church, who is now the, the temple of God and the house of God. So we cannot say that the father in the, in the father's house is something that is outside God or something that is outside Christ. The many mansions they are talking about here are the believers that have believed in Christ Jesus and they have become the temple of God. They have now, when they join, they become the many mansions of the Father. In my Father's house, which is in the, my Father's house in the spiritual realm, they are many mansions who are the believers who have come part of us because we and Christ now we are one. We are one with the triune God and we have become an enlarged mansion whereby every person can live in the father and the father lives in you because when you say that we are preparing our ourselves um, a place to go to the father now this is what the, the, the people have been preaching and pe- this is what people know people are working so much so that they have good mansions in heaven that is a lie People are working so much so that they get a reward of a mansion or, or with, with beautiful things. That's a lie. In other words, if you are a Bible reader and you want to search the truth, you discover that God cannot give you anything better than what he gave us as his son, Jesus Christ. God will never give you anything else other than Jesus Christ. There's nothing that is so beautiful that is can be our inheritance better than Christ. Everything is in Christ. So there is nothing that he can give us out of him and out of Christ. Nothing. So there is no mansion as a physical mansion, like the building you are you you think of. The mansions here, they are supposed to be spiritual. You understand? They are supposed to be spiritual. These mansions are in the father's house. And the Bible says that I'm going to the father. Jesus never mentions that I'm going to heaven. He mentions that I'm going to the Father. And we have to ask ourselves the question, where is the Father, the simple answer, Because Philip tells him, show us the Father. He says, if you have seen me, I've seen the Father. He says, where is the way? I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you want to come to the Father, you pass through me. And where do we pass? The day you got saved, that's the way you entered into the Father. Now already you are in the Father, and you are one of the rooms in the Father's house. You are one of the rooms whereby He lives in you and you live in Him. You are one of the rooms, the many, many mansions that are in the Father's house. The Father's house is a spiritual house, is a spirit, is a realm whereby the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit and the believer lives. Praise the Lord. We are mingled in that very mansion and we are living in each other. He lives in us, we live in him. That's why he says in John 14 uh, verses 23, I will come to you and live with you. We shall come and we shall live with you. That means that whereas we are thinking of going to the Father to enter into a certain mansion, the Father is saying in John 14 23, we are coming for us to live with you. (laughs) Praise the Lord So if if you get to know these things You begin to get more light And say okay It's about understanding And experiencing the truth So we see that uh, it was a lie For us to think that there is a mansion Prepared for us So uh, Christ is the only hope That is laid up for us That's why the Bible says in Colossians 1.27 The mystery is the Christ which is in us the hope of glory. In other words, Christ is our hope. Our only hope is, is Christ himself. Christ is our only hope. The Bible says that Christ in you, the hope of glory. There's no any other hope of glory other than the Christ in you. So our hope is not to go to heaven and enter into Martians. No, that's not there. So we see that Christ is in us as the hope of glory. And we see that on the one hand, Christ is in the heavens, But on the other hand, Christ is in us to be our life and our life supply and as our hope for tomorrow and even in the future. So this is the Christ we want to experience. This is the Christ we want to enjoy. This is the Christ we want to take as a portion. Hallelujah. This is the Christ we are are supposed to take as our day-to-day portion. And my burden is to see that as a body of Christ, we pursue nothing else other than Christ Jesus. Even when you are reading the Bible, even when you are studying scriptures, you are supposed to look for one thing, the vision of Christ. You are supposed to see on one line the line of life, the line of Christ, the line of reality. You see? So when you are reading your Bible from Genesis to Revelation as a Christian believer, you are supposed to trust for only one thing, probably two, which is Christ and the church, which is bride, the bride, the church, and the groom, the, ch- the Christ, that is our husband. We are supposed to look and only one thing. We are supposed to pursue and seek for that tree of life. You see? So, Uh, As I try to wind up in these 11 minutes, I want to encourage everybody of us that the more we continue to share this, the more we continue to understand the reality from the scriptures, the more Christ is built up in us. Remember, the Bible says that Christ must be built up in us. The Bible says that Christ might be formed in us. I read for you Galatians again, chapter 4, verses 29. Paul was saying to the Galatians, I am laboring. I'm laboring. I want Christ to be formed in you. I want Christ to be formed in you. Meaning that all our inward parts are supposed to be replaced by Christ's components. So the Bible says that, he um, says in verses chapter 4, Galatians verse 29, he says that, he um, says, did I say? It's supposed to be chapter 4, verse 19. Yeah? Yes. Yes. Galatians 4 19. He says that my little children of whom i travail in birth again until christ be formed in you so the burden of paul here is to see that if you are a child of god then we as preachers and pastors and teachers our burden is to see that christ is formed in you that's why when you come to us Freedom, experience, ministry, we don't give you anything else. We know that you can possess every other thing, every other good material by simply acquiring the truth in Christ, by simply experiencing Christ, by simply taking Christ as your portion. The more Christ you take, the more territory you gain. The more revelation you get, the more truth you acquire, the more freedom you get. The Bible says that, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Every area that you need freedom, I tell you Christ is the answer Christ is the only way out so let us pursue Christ let us take Christ let us make Christ as our everything Paul says that Christ was revealed in me Paul says that Christ is is my life for me to live is Christ Paul says that Christ must be formed in us Paul says that Christ must be magnified in us Christ must be everything in us. He must be our life and life supply. So my burden burden is, church, believer, every follower of this message, my prayer is that you begin to pursue Christ. One thing is sudden, one thing is wonderful, one thing is so important is for you to pursue Christ. Christ is for you to seek for Christ. Don't seek for any other thing other than Christ. Don't seek for any other thing outside Christ. You see? Did you know that gifts are outside Christ but life is within Christ? Life is supposed to minister inside and gifts are to minister outside. So if you pursue gifts, you'll be only outside Christ. But if you pursue the life which is Christ our life according to Colossians 3 verse 4. If you pursue Christ our life I tell you and I assure you you will enter into Christ you participate in the life and you also enjoy the gifts outside. So let us change our pursuit and begin to uh, let us change our pursuit and begin to pursue Christ and Christ as our life not Christ as the the, the, the speech of blessings. Not Christ as the, the outside gifts and manifestation. Because if we are blinded by these good things that are given to the church, then we shall miss out the point which is Christ as our life. So my burden is to, to, to revive and restore and recover you so that you Begin to refocus and seek Christ and pursue Christ and look unto him. The Bible says, look unto me, all you nations, and be saved. We are to look unto Christ. He says that whoever calls upon my name shall be saved. So it's all about Christ. He says, whoever comes to me, I will not deny. He wants us to come to him. When we are in the Bible, we are to come to the truth. I'll read you one verse and you see in John, John chapter 5. Christ wants us when we are studying the scriptures, let the scriptures bring us to Him. Let the scriptures bring us to Christ. Hallelujah. And the Bible says in John chapter five. Remember, the story comes when the the Pharisees were now disturbing Him, questioning Him, what, how He came about healing the other man who was blind, so who was at the pool. Now look at this. The Bible says in John chapter five. He uh, says that uh, I will begin from verses thirty-six. He says, But I have have greater witness than that of John, for the works which the Father has given me to finish, the same works that I do, bear witness of me, that the Father has sent me. This is Jesus. Verse 37 says that, And the Father himself which has sent me has borne witness of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. That is Jesus reasoning the Pharisees. Verse thirty-eight says that, and you have not, you have not His word. You don't have His word abiding in you. Meaning that the word of God must abide in us. Verse thirty-nine says, um, okay, consume Say in thirty-eight, for whom He has sent Him, ye believe not. Then, verse thirty-nine, it says that. Search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of Me. In other words, the Philip, the the, the, the the um these uh, Pharisees and the Jews and uh, other believers and other traditional religion, uh, believers and priests they were searching scriptures they knew about scriptures they knew about the law they knew about the old testament they were searching scriptures day and night they were bible scholars they had studied theology they had all the doctrines but they had only uh, objective knowledge and they didn't have the subjective knowledge which is experience the subjective understanding they didn't have that they were only seeking scriptures people can quote scriptures people can recite them like 1000 scriptures we don't care if you can recite 10000 scriptures but the 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 question is are you one with the scriptures you are reciting? Are you one? Are they in you as your experience, as your reality? Or we are just quoting, searching the scriptures? He says that, Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. You think you have eternal life when you know scriptures. He says, But these scriptures are the very scriptures that testify of me. Then he comes to verses 40 and says, And you shall not come to me that you might have life. The scriptures are pointing to me... From Genesis to revelation, the scriptures are pointing to Christ from Genesis to revelation, and people are searching the scriptures, people are studying, preaching, teaching the scriptures, but they don't come to the reality of the scriptures. Who is Jesus Christ? They don't come to Christ, who is the reality of the scriptures, and this is the cry of Jesus Christ. He says people have read the Bible, people have gone to theology, people have gone to they have gone to, through discipleship. We have told people in churches, we have up reaching to nations, but people have failed to reach to the reality. People have failed to come to Christ that they may have life. He wants us, when we get other things outside Christ, to continue to come to Him. Other things outside Christ are a direction, a sign, a signpost that is pointing, Oh, hey, I'm a miracle, but Christ is there. Hey, I'm a prophecy, but Christ is there. Hey, I'm a teaching, but Christ is there. Hey, I'm theology, but Christ is there. These are the things are signposts pointing at Christ. And people have now sat under where theology is, where doctrine is, where teaching is, where gifts is, where prophecy is. They think they have reached. I want to tell you today, the scriptures we are searching, the things that we find in the Bible, they are pointing us at one person. We have got to continue until we come to Christ that we may have life. He wants us to have life and is our life. He wants us to have life in everything. If every good thing in the Bible is not giving you life, that's not Christ. Even teachings, if teachings cannot give you Christ, they are just teachings. If prophecy cannot give you Christ, it's just prophecy. If uh, if any other ministration cannot give bring you christ cannot give you life in christ it is just outside christ and this is why i come by the grace of god to show you this light may the lord richly bless you may the lord richly bless you and i believe you have been uh you have been blessed by the grace of god i believe and i trust that the holy spirit has ministered you, uh, to you and you have seen this light may the lord richly bless you may the lord expand you may you increase in knowledge and understanding in the word of truth this is Pastor Dennis Matov from Kampala, Uganda. Uh, and I request you that you may follow us on Facebook and follow me. Follow me if you have not been following uh, my page. Follow me. Uh, follow me on the website, uh, freedomexperienceministry.org. ministry.org. Follow me on... Um, um on, on every platform that we have we have freedom experience radio we have a radio whereby there is wonderful music wonderful teachings wonderful programs but more so we have several types uh, times whereby we come in with teachings that is if you come to freedom experience radio you can check on the facebook page you can even check uh, by going on website freedomexperienceministry.org stroke radio you come to our radio page. You begin to see the program lineup. Get to know which time we come in for teachings, for preachings. For example, I come every day 3 a.m. in the night and also at 6 p.m. in the evening. That is a repeat. And I come also at uh, on lunch hours at 1 p.m. and also at 9 p.m. in the night. So those four times that I appear, you can continue to follow and enjoy. Please share our platforms share this message god bless you we love you we believe in you enjoy christ in the mighty name of jesus
0: to get more of this message and partner with freedom experience ministry log on to our website www.freedomexperienceministry.org or find us on our facebook page freedom experience ministry you can also call us directly on plus Be blessed. Experience the mystery of the word, the redemptive power revelation, and eternity purpose brought to light in your walk with Christ.